0: You're listening to the In Search SEO podcast by Rank Ranger. That's right. You are listening to the In Search SEO. Podcast, the podcast that paints town red with succulent search marketing insights. Hold on to your hats. Ashley Segura, the mad hatter of Top Hat Rank, is coming at you in just a few short moments. And she will break the truth to you about SEO for FAQs. So we're going to get into why a good FAQ is super helpful to your SEO. One massive FAQ, multiple categorized FAQs, how to craft your FAQ with search engines and, of course, users in mind, and from markup to media, how to enhance, track, and judge the effectiveness of your FAQs. But first, it's everything you ever wanted. No, it's not a cure for syphilis. It's a look at CTR on the SERP when ranking above the fold versus ranking Below the fold. I am your host, Morty Oberson. I am joined by she, who has the most interesting life of us all, Sapir Carabello. Hi, Morty. Hi, Morty. How is <laughs> how is your interesting life going?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, pretty great, pretty
0: interesting, huh? Not
1: interesting. <laughs> Amazing.
0: You were so I, I'm on this kick of like making fun of your life now for the last couple of weeks, and I'm going to yeah, keep at it. I noticed. I know. Well,
1: I, it's up It's easy. <laughs> What's easy about it? <laughs>
0: there's, there's nothing. Like you have, like you share nothing with anybody. Can I? Can I I'll tell the audience you were sick this week, weren't you? Ah,
1: uh, yeah, I was sick.
0: Liar, faker, playing but hooky. I'm,
1: a, I'm better now. <laughs> right, I'm
0: better now.
1: So happy that I'm better now that I can do this podcast with you. Wow. Right.
0: Farish yeah. Fer- Carabello's day off. <laughs> why? Before Before I ask you why you're laughing. Do you get that joke? Do you understand that joke, Ferris I just, Carabello? I just,
1: I just cannot with you. I just, I don't know. I don't
0: know. <laughs> I think, I, I think I broke her. I just, just I think she's broken. Ferris yeah. Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. Isn't
1: it Bueller? A
0: movie? It's a movie from the eighties with um. So now, 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 now you're making me forget.
1: No, they ditched school My, or something, right? And they, then there was, Yeah, like, they ditched school. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, I watched that movie. Did you really? When I was, yeah, when I was really young.
0: Wow. I you, was supposed to now, when you're really old.
1: <laughs> I am really old now.
0: Yeah. Great.
1: Yeah. Gosh.
0: <laughs> That's a great movie.
1: I don't remember Matthew it. Broderick. I remember That's I just hit
0: me. I can't remember his name. My gosh, you're like you're rubbing off on me. Matthew Broderick is is Ferris.
1: I just remembered that I was uh, jealous of them for teaching school and then going to like this parade or something.
0: Right, right. That's it's all I remember. It's parade.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it a parade? <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're moving on. Can I tell you by the way? I I smell like jalapenos.
1: Ew.
0: Because I have this, I have, this, I, have this, I have this porch, and I have a light that lights up the porch, so we can be out there at night. And these birds okay. keep nesting in between the wall where the light's mounted and the, and the light itself.
1: Okay. And, and
0: I put up those spike things so the birds can't land. They just land there anyway. <laughs> I read that if you put up a shiny thing like an old CD that scares them away when they see the reflection. Didn't do really? a thing. Yeah. I, I, I've been, like, researching everything about this because I can't stand it anymore. <laughs> now that my cats are gone, so now the birds are back, <laughs> I can't win.
1: Just bring a cat.
0: No, the cat was stinking. the The cat was like peeing everywhere. It stunk. It was not good.
1: <laughs>
0: had had it had kittens. That's why it came into my porch. Not good. So now the birds you are back. Win, Morty. I cannot win. You cannot win. I cannot yeah. win. So I I read that like if you if you um put like um you know if you make a spray out of jalapenos like that'll keep them away. So I wasn't gonna make a spray. We barbecued the other day, I had some like old jalapenos that that were left from the barbecue that we grilled. So I just, like, I'll, oh, wow. I'll just rub it everywhere on the light. Ew.
1: So now oh, I smell God.
0: like jalapenos. Isn't that's, that sexy? That's
1: nice to know. Wow. Okay. Yep. I called ew you
0: the jalapeno. Okay. Got a great show for you today. Do not forget we put out a new episode of the In Search SEO Podcast each and every Tuesday. You can find it on the Rank Ranger blog. You can find it on Stitcher. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on iTunes. And you can find it wherever great podcasts are found. Also, don't forget that we have the Twitter page For the InSearch SEO podcast, it's InSearch underscore SEO. And that's where we release bonus coverage of the podcast, extra material, extra coverage, extra awesomeness for this podcast each and every week. So check it out on Twitter. Also sign up for our newsletter where you can stay up to date on the podcast and get handcrafted, handpicked SEO materials to read. Um, Sign up. You can go onto the blog post For this podcast, you can go to the Rank Ranger page for the podcast. You can go onto Twitter for the Twitter page for the podcast, and you will find a place where you can subscribe to our newsletter. So check that out. Also, when you want the ultimate, most realist, because that's good English, SEO metric ever, you want absolute visibility. It's here from Rank Ranger. It's pixel rank tracking done right. What does that mean? It means that it considers the type of SERP feature, SERP features ranking to the right of the results or showing to the right of the results, the SERP features that appear under you, under your URL on the SERP, and if your URL is above or below the fold. So it's weighted. It's pixel rank tracking weighted to account for all of the problems that come with pixel rank tracking. Check it out rankranger.com absolute visibility. Vi- vi- That's all folks. Absolute visibility. Sign up for a free trial rankranger <laughs> rankranger.com. Awesome. Okay, great show yep. for you today. You're great. Tony the Tiger right there had an awesome conversation with Ashley Segura about FAQs, one of those just, you know super fluid interviews. So stay in tuned for that because it's coming right after we get into CTR and what it looks like above the fold versus below the fold because we are going data. So first off, the data we are about to get into was brought to you by the baseball-loving, tuxedo-wearing man of manners, the Elimelech, who asked me, Hey, what does CTR look like above the fold versus below the fold? Do you have data on that? And in fact, I don't know if you know this, um, Sapir, Nati was going to write up the study based on our data, on Rank Ranger's data, except for one thing. Do you know what that one thing is, Sapir?
1: No, why
0: would I know that? Um, in or- I'm just I'm just asking as a, set- as a setup, because in order to write something, you have to be literate, so that excluded him writing it off the bat. Oh, you know that... <laughs> You're like shocked Wait, I said that.
1: You know that Nati... <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know that Nati is probably listening to this podcast, right?
0: Yeah, I know. That's why I said it, because he listens every week. So uh, I kid, I kid, I kid. Natty's a fine, upstanding gentleman who is a very astute technical SEO over at Wix. He's working very hard at making the Wix platform um, better. So he's a great great friend of the podcast. He's been on the podcast, episode, I think, 45. He talks all about automation and why you're not doing it right. So plug for Natty in his podcast episode. Just kidding. By the, not kidding about the baseball part. He is, He is a lover of baseball. Okay, let's jump into this. Actually, let's, let's let's explain this. I, when looking at CTR, click-through rate above the fold versus below the fold, it's very, very hard. In fact, this is probably the hardest study I've ever done, hands down, 1 million percent. Is it really? It was. Oh, okay. Well. No, because you can't just track. You can't just say, hey, okay, URL is ranking number one in the SERP. Uh, let's take a look at CTR and compare it to, I don't know, number seven below the SERP. You can't do that. It doesn't work.
1: Why not? Why not?
0: Because you don't know because there's no way to qualify it. In other words, how much of – you're ranking number one, right? The URL is number one. has a CTR of, I don't know, 80%. Totally making that number up. It's not 80% at all. How do you know how much of that 80% CTR is because it's the first result versus because it's above the fold? How do you determine that? How do you break that down? You can't. So, yeah, I could show you CTR above the fold for number one, which I do in the study on the Rank Ranger blog, if you want to see the full study over there. Um, But it doesn't really help us understand the power of ranking above the fold versus below the fold. That's the issue. Get it? Mm -hmm. So now you have to figure out. How do you do that? Oh, good good question. As I'm saying, the question, thank you for that. Um, You need to take positions that appear both above the fold and at times below the fold and compare them, compare the CTR, rather, of the URLs, when they are above the fold versus when they are below the fold. Get it? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's interesting stuff, right? Now, by the way, position number one can be below the fold. And it does happen more often than you think. But I, 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 I pulling out mass number of URLs that where that happens when they show below the fold so you can analyze it, it's just too labor, too laborious, too hard, too big of a pain in the neck. So I didn't do it.
1: So what positions? Three and four then?
0: Um, that's basically, um, three to three positions, three through five to be exact, which is why the study was so annoying because you had to find enough positions, excuse me, enough, enough URLs that rank at position number five above the fold and enough that rank at number five below the fold to make that comparison. So altogether, I ended up taking 3,500 URLs, um, ranking know from one, right? A lot of URLs, but then I only used 1,500 of those. To compare positions three through five.
1: Okay. What's and, – and what what about it then?
0: What about it? Um, it's like, complicated. What did you find out? What did I find out? <laughs> it's complicated. I, I know what you meant. I know what you meant. Um, it's complicated because overall, okay, URLs – here, top, top, you know, too long, didn't read. Yeah. If you rank above the fold – you have a thirty percent higher. You have, your CTR is thirty percent higher in aggregate when looking at positions three through five. When they when three when URL ranks at either position three, four, or five above the fold,
2: uh-huh. it's
0: CTR in aggregate and on average is thirty percent higher than when that URL would appear at positions three, four, and five below the fold. Oh wow, that's so yeah, that's it's, big. Insane. yeah it's big. Yeah, it's big. it's really big. Yeah. Okay. But the issue is that it starts to get complicated when you look at the drop-offs, like how fast CTR drops off from one position to the next. In other words, for example, moving from positions four to position five below the fold, CTR dropped uh-huh. just 9.5%. That's you know, And by the way, that's half of what it dropped off when you look at position three CTR to position four CTR. In other words, how fast or how quickly – Does CTR drop off as you move down the SERP? That gets really complicated or really interesting. You're
1: talking about below the fold now,
0: right? uh, Both actually, right? I want to know, in other words, you're ranking at number three and you're ranking and then you have a URL ranking at number four, either above the fold or below the fold. CTR is not as high for position four than it was for position three. But the question is, how big of a difference is there? Is it a massive difference or is it a small difference? Okay? Right. Um, When you get sort of past the numbers for a second, because I know it's very hard to listen to this show and to keep track of all the numbers, CTR fell off twice as slowly for a URL rank position number four as it did for a URL at position number five, meaning there's not that drastic of a difference in CTR between position number four and position number five. However there is a drastic mm-hmm. difference between position number two and the CTR at position number three. Get it? So big drop-off between position number one and number two. Right? Rank number one, high CTR. Mm-hmm. Number two, big drop-off in CTR. Look at position number two, right? CTR. Big drop-off in CTR when you when compared to position number three. But once right. you, right? Now position three to four, so above the fold, below the fold, okay? For position three to position four, big drop off in CTR. Right? You lose yeah. a lot of clicks when, you, when you're ranking number four yeah. versus ranking number three. And that's uh, above the fold, below the fold, doesn't matter. Right? Different rates, uh, right? I
1: see. Yeah. yeah.
0: Once you go to position okay. five, from four to five, the CTR of position four and the CTR of position five, whether above or below the fold, are not that difference. difference right? There is a big difference, right. okay. but relatively speaking, to the other positions, it's not a, it. It's not a, as big of a deal, which is weird. Uh, why okay. is that? Right, like right. why all of a sudden? Right. right, why why does CTR fall off so much? Why is why is CTR a position three so much less than position two? But CTR position five is not so much less than position four.
1: Four, right?
0: Okay, and okay. the answer is
1: yeah. is that
0: we're too focused on above the fold, below the fold. Da, 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 da. It's not. That's a definitely part of the equation. And If you look at the data on, that we showed on the on the, in this actual study on the Rank Ranger blog, there is a big difference. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there's another factor at play here, and that is how authoritative the, the user thinks itself. you are. Right, the position right. itself. Right. How authoritative yeah. the user okay. thinks you are. Position one, very ah. authoritative. Position two, very authoritative. Position three, very authoritative. Position four, okay. right, not authoritative.
1: Yeah. Right, right. Okay, so there's and there's different five, levels of authority,
0: okay. right? Position one yeah. to position two. Yeah. Position one is way more authoritative, so CTR right. is much higher. Um, position okay. two and position three, both authoritative. But two is more authoritative than three. CTR is higher.
1: Right.
0: Once you get right three to four, big drop off. Because position number three is way more authoritative than position number four. But once you get to position four and then you go to position five and six and seven, they're all not authoritative at that point to the user. Right. To the same degree. Right. So it slows right. down. In other words, think about it like this. Okay, This will give you like a horrible example. Let's say <laughs> – Let's say 20 million people watch an NFL game, and 15 million people watch an NBA game, and 10 million people watch a Major League Baseball game. So there's a huge drop-off between each of these, right? There's a 5 million viewer gap between watching an NFL game and an NBA game, and there's another 5 million viewer gap between an NBA game and a and a, and a, and a um, baseball game. Okay, They're both widely popular, getting large numbers of viewers, but the authority, the popularity, the relevancy, the excitement of each of these various sports games falls off.
1: Mm-hmm. But now
0: imagine you would look at like tennis. So instead of having, you know, 10 million people watching a major league baseball game, 1 million people are watching a tennis game.
1: Right.
0: And then uh, uh, you know 800,000 people are watching a golf game. Like once you become irre- like there's a major drop off between Major League Baseball and the NBA and the NFL and golf and tennis because they both stink. They're both irrelevant. They're both horrible sports to watch. Why would you watch that?
1: Oh, wow. There's not that big of a
0: difference between golf and tennis in terms of the number of viewers. Of course, these are made-up statistics. I just made them up right now because they both stink. They're both irrelevant. No one watches them. Same thing on the SERP. Right? You have a big drop-off in CTR from position one to position two, from two to three, from three to four. Right. But once you go to four and you're irrelevant, no one thinks you're top three. Those are my top authority results. Those are the relevant results. Those are the results I want to click on. And then you go to number four, I'm like, eh, not so much. And then yeah. you go to five. It doesn't drop off. The CTR from four to five doesn't drop off as heavily because – you're already in the zone. You're already on the, the, the area of the SERP, the positions on the SERP that don't matter. Right,
1: right.
0: Makes sense? Does that help, does that help clarify with my wonderful example?
1: Wow. Listen, your examples are actually spot on, you
0: know? Always spot on. Golf's <laughs> yeah, terrible. Like... Tennis is terrible. <laughs> not a major drop off in viewership because they both stink.
1: <laughs> Makes
0: right. sense. By the way, I am not saying that if you're a position four or five, that that's terrible. You could be, even though CTR drops off considerably between three and four and then not so much between four and five because, hey, once you're irrelevant, you're irrelevant. Doesn't mean that you're not getting a large number of clicks. Could be a high high search volume query. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, number four gets a million clicks. Well, okay, great. I'm sorry. Number three gets a million clicks and you only get 200,000 clicks. 200,000 clicks is a lot of clicks, right?
1: Right.
0: My my entire point is, is that above the fold plays into CTR. Right Again, 30% drop-off in CTR when looking at business 3 through 5 above the fold versus 3 through 5 below the fold. But there's another element at play, and that was very, very strong when I started looking at the data, and that's user perception. How authoritative does a user associate the results 1 through 3? Because there's an enormous drop-off in that once you hit number 4, and that's all I'm saying. Okay, from CTR to another seo acronym the faq with seo being an acronym in and of itself here's ashley segura on both of these acronyms faq in relation to seo hit it here comes another search marketing expert it's time for an in-search interview listening to another in search seo podcast interview today we have a mad hatter she's a co-founder of top hat content and top hat social she's currently the vp of operations at top hat rank she's an industry speaker and an author of all she's ashley segura welcome
2: thank you thank you so much for having me i'm super excited to be here
0: obviously i'm happy that you came on
2: i have to (laughs) because i invited
0: you I have to ask you like a really, um, you know, obvious, possibly stupid question. What is your favorite hat? Since you have all these, my hat things favorite going. hat. Yeah, favorite kind of I, hat.
2: Absolutely. I absolutely love that you're asking that because I just rediscovered it in the closet a couple of days ago. And now I just have it sitting on my dresser, just waiting to be worn for when I can go out in public again. <laughs> um, it's a hat I got in Ireland and it's, it's a top hat. And my whole brand for so many years has been like Madhouse Matters and wearing top hats. And now I work with top hat rank, top hat content, top hat social. And so it's a top hat from Ireland and it's... The best hat in the entire world.
0: Where do you wear that? Where do you say, okay, it's time for the top hat?
2: Um, the, the beach? Usually at a... No, <laughs> more likely at a brewery or a concert. Ooh, or... Oh, that's
0: nice. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay. So we are talking about content and FAQs today. And mm-hmm. to sort of maybe get everybody on the same page, if you could enlighten us, um, why are FAQs important for SEO?
2: Certainly. So there's, there's a handful of reasons, but some of the biggest is because the way people are searching these days is they're, they're searching because they want a question or they want to be entertained. Um, they're asking a question or they, they want something that's going to um, fill their time. And so from an FAQ standpoint, if you have a page, a few pages on your site, or even turn blog, multiple blog posts into individual FAQs. That's helping address questions that people are actually searching for. And of course, that's the whole goal of SEO is to right. optimize your website to what people are searching for. And as user behavior changes, as users have gotten more intuitive with how to type in words and what kind of terminology to use in order to get the results that they want. They're asking more specific questions. And that's where FAQs marries that.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I mean, have you seen FAQ content end up in something like a featured snippet before?
2: Oh, yeah, certainly. Um, uh, uh, Actually, quite a lot. And what's interesting is how it's laid out. You see a lot of FAQ content on websites where like in the menu bar all the way over to the right. There's a little tiny tab yeah. that says FAQ and they'll have a whole page dedicated question, answer, question, answer, question, answer. The ones that I see that rank the best and even the ones that I see that become featured snippets are the ones that aren't organized like that. They have content and then there, there's, they start out with context at, at the top with a couple short paragraphs of, um, more of like what the topic of the service or the product is, why people even begin to ask questions in the first place, Mm -hmm. kind of diving a little bit deeper into the business or the brand. And then making each question more of like a casual conversation instead of the standard boring question is question answer. And you have like 25 of these and no one actually reads all of them. them. That's why they call your customer service. Yes, exactly.
0: (laughs) Hope they all die and blow up. I hate (laughs) FQs.
2: Or just not rank. <laughs> right,
0: right. That too. Right. Same, be so serious thing. same, same thing. thing, same thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting though. So you're saying like if you go into in depth, like so you're doing an FAQ on a product, you really explain the product. You give the page a bit of like an identity. And then you have okay, so like that makes a lot of sense. Like you're offering Google some context on what the heck you're actually talking about. You're offered the reader something helpful there.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And and it's it's more of telling a story um, We're as I said earlier with users just being better searchers, they're also digesting content on pages way differently. And that's when things like heat maps come in Mm -hmm. and you can actually see like, okay, they landed on this page and they were only there for four seconds. But where'd they go for that four seconds? They just want what they came there for, a very specific piece of information. Very rarely are they going to read all 25 questions and answers because they really want to know everything there is to know about your business or about your products and services. They usually just want their specific question answered.
0: Do you think then that they read that content at the top of the page? You're writing you know, a whole expose about your product and that makes sense for mm-hmm. Google, but is the user just going to skip over that?
2: It depends. It, it, of course. It, depends. Uh, it, nice. it really depends on, on, what the <laughs> <laughs> on what the user's intent is. And if they're coming there to get a specific question, they may go through those, the first one to two paragraphs first, just for context and then scroll down to find that question. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I recommended is if, if there's a lot of larger brands who feel the need to no matter what, they have to have an FAQ page because the CEO says it's important and, and it, it doesn't matter what it does for ranking. They just want it no matter what. So in, in situations like that to, kind of help the user with that, you can still kind of have that format of question answer. But underneath each answer, have a link to a blog post that goes mm-hmm. into more detail about that specific question. So then you're giving the user somewhere where they can dive much deeper if they want more context versus having them go to your chat bot or picking up the phone and being another person on a customer service line.
0: Yeah, and that's what's so funny about this because like FAQ is like you generally think that's very standard, right? Just question and answer, question and answer. But if you start getting into, okay, mm-hmm. like, why is the user coming here? Um, how are they going to interact with the page? Where are they going to next? It becomes a totally different sort of beast.
2: Yes, yes. And, and that's a huge point right there is tracking, okay, after the FAQ page, did they do anything else with your website? Did they engage with any other content? And looking at what their behavior patterns are after can tell you a whole lot of what you should be doing. So say they go to your FAQ page and then they go to a product page and they exit out. That can tell you that you are still not giving them enough information about that product to, to close them, to make them add it to the cart and finish out that transaction. They're still unsure. So you need more content. You need to dive deeper or you need like a video about that product. You need something more to give to the user.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Um So many FAQs don't use images, don't use videos, don't use media.
2: Mm-hmm. And that
0: makes me insane because I like media. Like, I, I, <laughs> yes. like, I have the attention span of a three-year-old. So, like, as soon as there's no picture there, <laughs> I'm done.
2: Next. <laughs>
0: now, basically. Which is interesting because, I mean, does that make sense to do? To throw in a video? To throw in an image? Yes. Like, or is it like, all right, it's a little bit too much for the FAQ page?
2: So, So, where I think it would make the most sense is, if you're gonna have a link underneath each of the answers to kind of diving deeper, then you can have anywhere between like a 30 to 45 second video explaining this question a little bit more. Um, having the option for someone to see it and then also having a full blog post underneath is fantastic. That's the most ideal type of content right now because that's satisfying, again, both search and users. Google's loving videos, users are loving videos. And then having all of the content underneath saying you have 500 to 750 words to accompany that video, diving even deeper, even if you're repeating some of the information, you're giving both Google and the user two different ways to digest how you're answering this question. So you're able to satisfy both.
0: Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. I mean, look, it it satisfies like I can be coming just for a quick answer or like, all right, I came for a quick answer, but I really need more than that. You're sort of giving them the option of how do they want to go ahead and explore further or if they need to explore further or not.
2: Exactly, Uh, exactly.
0: I'm wondering like at what point do you say like so I have this – because usually you see that you have these like massive FAQs, like every single possible question of every single possible Mm -hmm. aspect of this product is on one ginormous page. Mm-hmm. At what point do you say, okay, like yeah. I need one page, I have multiple pages, multiple pages for different rankings, different keywords maybe, or should, maybe my users would rather have it all in one place, or if I do multiple pages, how is user going to find each page separately? That's kind of annoying.
2: So you can you can structure it a few different ways. If, if you're still set on, hey, I need to have an FAQ page on my site, okay, fine. Have an FAQ page, go ahead and have all of your Q&A there, and then have links to blog posts for other content on the blog side of things, one of your categories can be frequently asked questions or, um, customer service tips. You can rename this and get really creative, uh, like top asked questions by Mm -hmm. fans. So it's not FAQs. Everyone (laughs) kind of just, they see the, the concept of FAQs and it just kind of roll over. And so it, you can get creative with, with, your tone and your brand and, and rename it something different, categorize it into your blog post, uh, into your blog and then have each of these posts inside of there. So then people can explore deeper if they want to and, and have that option and know where to find that content while still having it in multiple areas.
0: That's an awesome idea. There's a lot to chew on and talk about there, but I just totally realized I have t- way, way, way crazy preconceived notion. I'm like, yeah, okay, FAQ. It's a, it, as you've like, mentioned three or four times and it's like totally went over my head. It's like automatic. Yeah, you need to have an FAQ. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: But when do you really need to have an FAQ and when don't you need to have an FAQ?
2: I think most all businesses need to have an FAQ. Um, There's a lot of brands out there who like, for example, an influencer. An influencer can get categorized into the brand profile section. They don't necessarily need to have an FAQ. But if you offer a service, if you have a product, If you are selling something, you need to have an FAQ because there's an experience behind that. So anytime there's an experience, people are going to be curious, what is that experience going to be like for me? What are some negatives? What are some positives? What do I need to expect in entirety? Even if it's something like shipping, what what's the estimated shipping? There's certain businesses who are gonna have a ton more questions, such as like a Financial business, a bank, um, a post office. Companies that offer services that are more in depth are going to have a more in depth FAQ. Companies that offer products that, such as clothing, where do, where do you source your clothing from? What kind of material? Um, what are your size guidelines? What is the average shipping? Can I expedite my shipping? What is your return policy? The, it it really depends on what the business is, but most. All businesses and brands should have some layer of FAQ if they offer an experience.
0: You're just like rattling off an amazing amount of FAQ questions off the top of your head like that. That's amazing. <laughs> so it's like, I like got an encyclopedia of FAQ sometimes. questions. Right? <laughs> like, I could probably think of like three questions. Yeah, you did this question and that question. That's amazing. <laughs> you, should, you should write all of them I down Like make a go book.
2: Through- yeah, there we go. My my top favorite FAQ questions I found online.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. No, but that's a good point. Like, all right, I'm sitting down. I'm trying to think. Okay, damn it, today I'm gonna write an FAQ. But where do you start? Yeah. What questions do you answer? How do you even know where to begin?
2: So, if you have a customer service team, that's the first place you go. What are the most frequently asked questions? A lot of the clients that I work with, um, when I start with them and the client brief, I have a section where. I need a contact from your customer service team. If you have a customer sales service team so that I can send them a questionnaire, which basically goes into, hey, what are people complaining about? What do people love? And what are the most asked questions? If you aren't on that scale to where you have your own sales or customer service team, um, one of the things that I like to do is I'll use SEMrush's topic research tool, and I'll go in there and type in a topic, so say clothing line. Um, and then you can do it by location, city, region, state, country, and you'll see the most frequently asked questions as well as the top 10, um, the top 10 articles about that specific subject. So I'll look at the who, what, when, where, why, how questions people are asking. And then that tells me, okay, these are probably some of the most frequently asked questions. And then if worse comes to worst, if I'm not getting a lot of questions from there, if I don't really have a customer or a sales team that I can go to, then the good old-fashioned marketing way, look at your competitors. Go to your competitor site and some of the larger, more corporate ones, they always have FAQs. Even the businesses that, and brands that don't necessarily need to have in-depth ones will have it. And look at some of their questions and see if any of those questions relate to your business model.
0: It probably makes sense to do that every once in a while anyway, right? If, if you if, – assuming your product is evolving or your niche is evolving or your industry is evolving, to go back and see like, okay, I have all these FAQs. I have all these questions, and now my competitors are doing this because that speaks to more what's happening now. I have to redo them again. Is that something that happens that like you have to go and re-audit what questions are on oh, your page? certainly.
2: A hundred percent. I mean, it, even if you look at the, the times during COVID right now, it's producing a oh, unique yeah, set of nuts. questions for all all sorts of businesses that businesses may have never had to address before. And so even I always suggest to audit your content, your content on your site as a whole quarterly. Part of that is, is doing is doing uh steps like this and auditing your FAQ content, looking at your customer experience. See has my customer experience changed at all in the last quarter? And if so, how can I address that in the FAQ section?
0: That's an amazing point, the whole COVID-19 thing. I haven't yet to see, maybe I just haven't seen it. I've yet to see a site say, you know what, let's set up an FAQ just for COVID-19 questions. I know everybody has a banner and they might have a page here and there, but just like straight up FAQs about how things have changed. That'd be amazing.
2: Yeah, I've seen seen a couple of campground sites that are still open have a page dedicated to it, but... That's that's a unique way to address FAQs without being a boring black and white FAQ page. It's like, hey, we're addressing this situation, and this is this is how we're framing it. But we're not saying this is an FAQ. Right. But that's basically what it is. Right. It's, it's here's all of your questions. Here's the answers that we currently have for the stage that we're in.
0: So I want I want to ask you, how do you sort of keep um one of the questions that sort of sticks out to me is how do you keep a you know fresh pair of eyes because you know the product you know your service you yeah, mm-hmm. you have your questions from your from your sales team or your customer support team whatever it is mm-hmm. but like are you how do you really take a, a hard objective look out of the box look at what your product what your service is because you're making so many assumptions that because you you know it so intimately that a, a person who who is not familiar with the product is not going to take into account
2: yes so that, that's where that's where i really start to recommend for my clients to invest in tools and that's where I'll help them kind of export different keyword terms to see how are how are the search terms that are leading to your website changing? That says a lot about the experience and how you can better adapt. Um, are they still using the same terminology? Is it changing? Uh, like I talked about at the beginning, how people are asking questions inside of search bars instead of just saying. I need this. I need X, Y and Z. They're asking instead, how do I get X, Y and Z? And so, seeing what their what their patterns are using SEO tools uh, is a really helpful way to get a 360 360 degree view of your content experience online and your customers' experience with how they're engaging with your website because it's so easy to just. Get immersed into your own product and service in your site and think, okay, I'm checking all the boxes. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to. Let's open the floodgates and get all the traffic coming into my site. And that's not how it always happens. So being able to use tools to see how people's search patterns are changing will also help you uh, know how to adjust your experience online with your content.
0: And do you do you judge that effectiveness by saying, okay, I'm getting I'm getting less emails or I'm getting more conversions? Like, how do you say that? Like, okay, I've done all of this. Mm-hmm. Did I do a good job or not?
2: Yes. Yeah, so it it really comes down to what is your specific goal with that content. Um, one of my mottos is never publish a piece of content without having a very specific goal in mind. And it could be as simple as I just want more Facebook likes because of this <laughs> blog post that I'm publishing, it really be <laughs> or profound, I want to... <laughs> Yes, exactly. Or I want to increase traffic by 2% over the next two weeks with this blog post. Um, Having something like that is is where you're going to be able to go back and measure, okay, this email marketing campaign really did work or it completely missed the mark. And that's when you dive into, was it the topic of, of the subject line of the email? Was it the layout? Did I try a new layout? Was it the content? Did I not have enough buttons? Did I lay them out wrong. That's when you can start diving deep and then you can start A-B testing. But you have to make sure whatever content you're publishing, whether it's an email newsletter that's going out on a Tuesday or a video that's publishing on YouTube that you want shared all over social media, there has to be at least one primary and if not a secondary goal to accompany that in order to measure was this even remotely successful or did I just publish because all these Blog posts and all these experts say just keep publishing. That's
0: <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so I have I have two questions that I made a note of. Like I said, I have to ask you. Um, what's the um, which one should I do first? Um, okay. FAQ markup. Since we're talking about FAQs, like for okay, how can I not ask you about this? You knew this was coming. Like you knew this question <laughs> was coming. Do you put? I have, I feel almost guilty asking this question. Okay. Um, do do you put an FAQ on every freaking page so that you can do FAQ markup?
2: I don't. I don't. <laughs> it's cringing. I'm it's more cringing. about the content
0: experience. <laughs> no, like wait, wait at the it's, bottom, and no one's going to see it anyway.
2: Yeah, yeah, but but people do kind of see it, and there, there's ways you can structure it differently. So you can you can have at the bottom of each page like two or three specific questions that relate to that page and then make that work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I, I'm not saying write, write, like, you know, giant, massive letters. F-A-Q. Of course, of
2: course. But it's like some yes, kind of, of
0: questions course. that you can manipulate and something legitimate, legitimate questions that fit into what Google's looking for, not what we see with, like, every stupid white paper doing this,
2: but like legit yes. questions. Yeah, and, and that's where it's a fine line. It's like, it's like back in the day when when you would have a business in multiple cities and every page would have all of those cities right. at the bottom of
1: the footer. I love that. You,
2: you have to do this in a very fragile way for both Google and the user. So as long as it's relevant questions to the point of the content for that page, it's fine.
0: So like you don't want to be like Kayak.com? Have you ever seen that? Man, I don't really read oh, that. Maybe goodness. they're good. Maybe they are good. Like you know, be fair to Kayak. But like every single one of their pages is like a massive FAQ. It's awesome.
2: Yes, yeah. Yeah. It it it's pretty intense. And hey, maybe it's working for maybe them working. and if they remove it, then they're gonna lose all the traffic. But as a rule of thumb for a site to start that out, it's a fine line.
0: Also, you just it's kind of like icky. like don't do that. It's got kind of gross Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. Exactly, and it, it kind of makes your brand it, – it can hurt yeah. your brand. Image yeah, Depending upon who your, who your target demographic
0: is. It definitely hurt my opinion of kayak, which was not high beforehand anyway. It, <laughs> <laughs> not, nothing nothing against kayak. More. It's against like all the, the Expedias and the Travelocities of the world. It's not my not my thing. No, I don't want to rent a car. Thank you so totally. much for asking me 20 times. Um, yes. Right, okay. Still don't, thank (laughs) you. That should be in the FAQ, like, do you want to rent a car? Yes, you want to rent a car. Here's all the reasons why you want to rent a car. Um, (laughs) The second question I have to ask you is, when you see people doing uh, creating their FAQs, and I'm sorry, in your ability to rattle off a million questions, you've seen your fair share of FAQs. What Mm -hmm. problems do you run into along the way, and how do you solve them? I know, generic, cliche question, but I feel it's a good one.
2: I think it's it's how you can position your brand with those questions. So some users will look at those questions and that's black and white, that's gold, that's your brand standard. And others will look at it and feel like it's not black and white, it's very vague, it's not enough information. And so you need to really, as with any and all content, you need to write for your user, for your target Hmm. demographic. So if you know that you're, demographic, if you know the people that come to your site that engage with your brand are at this level of digesting content, then provide that type of content inside of your FAQs. If they're the type who need everything there is to know before they can actually make a purchase or engage with you, then give them that in the FAQ. It, It all depends on who you're talking to, not just how you want your brand to be positioned. And that's what I see a lot of businesses do is well, we want to be more of a high level looked at brand. So we're not going to give all of the information. Well, that creates a really crappy user experience. Right. And then that actually disconnects your target demographic from converting with you because you didn't give them enough information. And you know that they're the type of persona that they need everything before they can actually pull the trigger and make a purchase with you.
0: All you're making me want to do with that answer is I want to go to all the, um, all the drug sites that are selling medications for ADD or ADHD and seeing how long their FAQs are. (laughs) (laughs) That's horrible. I say that as a parent of an ADHD child, by the way. So, like, I'm not saying that to be a jerk. But I do want to see if that's there.
2: But those are some of the most vague FAQs. (laughs) And those are some, like, that's a perfect example of an FAQ where we really need to know all of the information. You cannot be vague. (laughs) That's
0: a strong predicament. need a lot of information, but clearly your user has a hard time with a lot of content.
2: Yep, that's
0: true. That's true. Video might be the way to go there. Yes,
2: and doing short
0: videos. Yeah. I am thinking of my kid. Like, yeah, that would definitely be the way to go. Videos would definitely be the mm-hmm. way to go with him. So, if you're doing, if, yeah. hey, if you're one of these sites who are listening to this podcast, that's some free information for you. With that, <laughs> with that, um, I have this little th- fun game that I do. I call it Optimize It or Disavow It. It's basically where I'm going to give you two options, either two really great options, and you're stuck choosing. One good option over another good option. Or um, I'm giving um, giving you two really bad options and you're stuck choosing one bad option over another bad option. How uncomfortable is that? So this is the Ashley Segura version of Optimize It or Disavow It. So it's a zero-sum world. I mean, you could say it depends. It's kind of a cop-out. An acceptable answer, (laughs) kind of a a cop-out. Either you do your traditional um, FAQ page, kind of boring, kind of stale, kind of whatever, or you do just FAQ videos, so no written content, just a video.
2: Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to have to say disavow just because text is still so important for SEO right now. Right. Video is booming, but we still need text to accompany it. So I don't know if just video would be enough.
0: But videos are so good. Everyone loves videos. Think of Everyone user. loves
2: videos. Everyone loves videos, but not everyone digests information. And speaking from personal use, and this is where I get a lot, a lot of what I preach is how I engage with, The interreds myself is when I watch a video, I don't digest the information the same as when I read it, especially when it comes to a conversion experience. I like if, if I need, if, if I have questions, even though they're in the FAQ, I'll still email the company just so I have it in my email and can reread it again and digest it again. So seeing it in video only, I just don't feel secure enough that I fully grasped it. That's a
0: great. That's a great point. I never really thought about that. Right? I watch the videos. I watch videos all the time, obviously. And I'm always like sort of, of half paying attention. So if you want me to convert, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> I'm never going to convert. Not that I watch, which goes to show I don't only really watch any videos that ask me to convert.
2: Oh, there you go. See? So, there you go. so you, you're on the entertain side of things oh, yeah, the content, which is Very great. Nice. That's that's a great thing for video.
0: But wow, that's a good point, Ashley. Thank you so much for coming on. That was super fun. Super awesome. And super informative.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: My pleasure. And we are back to your regular schedules in Search SEO podcast. That was a lot of fun. Who knew FAQs could be so much fun? I didn't. (laughs) Now now I have, like, most fun things in the world. Number one, not going to say. Number two, drinking. Number three, watching baseball. Number four, FAQs.
1: Why
0: is baseball? Baseball is awesome. That's Very why. Odd. I'm excited because baseball is coming back. Sort of, maybe. Ah, who knows? Is it? Okay. Yeah, they finally <laughs> mandated a season because they're a bunch of greedy whores so who can agree on anything. you will be
1: watching Korean uh, baseball anymore? Well,
0: hopefully not. Not that... it it was okay. <laughs> Timing, not so great. Play, not so great. Relative to the Major League Baseball. League. But... Whatever you say. Whatever I say. Anyway, we could talk about Korean baseball, American baseball, all sorts of baseball for a long time. But this is not a baseball podcast, in case you didn't know. Thank God. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's debatable. Anyway, Sapir, (laughs) it's that time of the day. Could you please hit it with the news?
1: So, looks like Google has rolled out another update. So, check those rankings. For industry chatter and our own rank risk index, where we registered more than seven days of elevated rank fluctuations, there was a serious shakeup on the SERP.
0: Yes, that is true.
1: Any comment? Oh
0: yeah, I think like, like, yeah. I I I think you were done. I thought you were gonna keep going. Yes, there was a serious shakeup. There were two serious shakeups on the SERP. Um, one happened around June 10th for a couple of days. Then three days later there was like eight, nine days of like moderately high to really high SERP fluctuations, rank fluctuations on the SERP rather. I tried digging into it to see if I could find some sort of pattern. Was it reverse? There's There are some signs, and this always happens, who got a boost during the May 2020 quarter update and lost some of their boost and rankings during these unconfirmed updates, but that always happens. I couldn't find any particular pattern, but what I did notice, by the way, just in doing this, health queries or health the health SERP the health vertical on the SERP, however you want to characterize this, has been incredibly volatile since March. Like the, the the level of volatility I've seen for a lot of these keywords, like I'm not talking like niche keywords, like top level keywords. Like, I don't know, like um, um allergies versus asthma, like really top level health queries and incre- like things, queries you would not expect to see a lot of fluctuation have been incredibly volatile since like April, March, April. As opposed to other verticals, which were not as volatile. So there's that. Right. Do with, I don't know what you want to do with that, but it's really interesting.
1: Thank you, Moria. You're welcome. Okay, <laughs> moving on.
0: I said that really loudly. Google. You're welcome. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. Google has stepped its game up and is now not only testing how to mark up on desktop, but how to mark up on desktop with image sub- thumbnails.
0: Yay! Totally Yay. irrelevant image thumbnails that you can't <laughs> see. We I have <laughs> I have ranted about this in another podcast episode. Don't remember which number it is. So you have to listen to all of them to hear me rant about it. Oh no. <laughs> How to carousels on on mobile often include like a screenshot of the whole page, which is totally worthless. You can't see anything. So imagine that now on desktop. So yay. Brilliant. Brilliant Google. Yay. I get you're doing a little bit more control over your testing might go a long way. I'm being too harsh. I'm being too harsh.
1: Yes, you are, as always. Okay. Moving on. Google has added the ability for an image to show fact check and claim review schema on the image surf.
0: Yeah, so you can say if an image is fake. I don't, like, I, I, find it confusing when this will be implemented, like where the title of the post won't already tell you that the image is fake. Like you have an article from, say, Snopes, like, you know, myth bust, myth busting. Sharks do not eat. People in skyscrapers and you see an image of a shark at a skyscraper at whatever I don't I don't exactly see where this is going to be exactly relevant like you wouldn't know without this that the image is fake but there are examples I'm sure again being too harsh okay someone of that there's like no stupid you totally use it this way and never totally help okay and if you know those examples share them with me because I can't think of any good ones okay okay
1: are you done for now okay <laughs> Moving on. Google has added a new feature to help you find and support local businesses. On some map searches, Google is showing a button that prompts you to explore local businesses.
0: Yep, pretty cool. And and that button takes you to to a local pack. And I'm pretty sure each of those listings, those three listings in the local pack, um, we'll have like a a button there saying you know buy a gift card or or you know donate here or whatever it is. So you have to have that set up in order for you to show up in that li- in that local pack from the new Maps local business exploration feature. So like, definitely like careful with that you don't automatically. As far as I can tell, you don't automatically show up because you're the most relevant, most um, you know closest proximity in proximity, in proximity local business. You have to, I believe, have something set up related to either donations or, or gift cards. Like, because you, you'll you'll show up in the lo- in the local pack with a button that says "Buy Gift Card." If you don't offer gift cards, then that's kind of stupid. It, Google's not going to show you. Okay, sorry.
1: Okay, <laughs> Google is bolstering messaging from local panel. Now the messaging feature can be integrated with your customer service platform.
0: Yeah, for a while, we kind of thought the messaging thing was dead. I guess it's not dead. I mean, it was always there. It was live. I'm not saying it wasn't there. But it was a thing. Yeah. But now – and that, they're letting you now – they're now letting you or they're going to be letting you um, show or send you know, automatic replies back to your to your, to your your clients or, or to your consumers and you can share product updates and blah, 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 blah. So it's becoming a thing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Lastly… In a surprising move, Google says they will automatically delete your YouTube history after 36 months and search history after 18 months.
0: That was... I was like, what? Don't believe it. There's no way they're getting rid of your data. (laughs) That's what the skeptic in me says. Like, they could actually... I'm not saying they're actually lying. Uh, Like, yeah, they're probably not (laughs)
2: lying.
0: That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like... 18-month-old data is not that old. Think about it. If they, if they wanted to take a look and see, okay, have your searches changed, 18 months is not that long of a time. Yeah. Or what does that tell you is that 18 months is all they really need. I will go into more on this in a deep thought. Part of the bonus coverage of the InSearch SEO podcast, which you can find on Twitter at InSearch underscore SEO. Exciting. Exciting look for it it'll probably come out on (laughs) thursday is when i release those deep thoughts very exciting i would plan my week around it really
1: oh wow okay
0: (laughs) just saying i mean if if your life is that boring you your life is boring Sapir. wouldn't you plan your week around my deep thought
1: (laughs) yeah how's your dating life we didn't talk about your dating life recently my life is not that boring really (laughs) it sounds pretty damn
0: boring to me and I'm saying that as a person who hasn't left the house in God knows how long because I have four kids. I don't go anywhere. And my life is more interesting. Sad. It's up here. It's sad. Yeah. sad. I'm That's sorry. For you. I feel bad for you, hard. really.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> Please don't. No hmm Okay. That's it, Morty. That's Got it for the news. That's it yeah. for the news.
0: Oh, you're done. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't catch that. I was I was spacing out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if we're done with the news. That means it's time for the fun insert SEO send off question. Don't you love my pivots? They're so good these days. I put no effort into them at this point. <laughs> so yeah, I say, like, next thing. Yeah. Yeah. I put as much effort into my pivots these days as you put into your general life,
1: <laughs> or your
0: responses to me. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Okay. Okay. But okay. to be
0: fair, you did put effort in here.
1: Did I? Yeah,
0: because you came up with the question.
1: <laughs> did I really? No, I'm kidding. I did. Okay. Uh, did you so... really forget?
0: You forgot? Like you didn't do the like? No, you definitely know that you did the question this week. I call. I I, I call BS on that line. Oh, you were joking. I didn't know uh, you did okay. that. What? <laughs> How's that feel?
1: This week we're asking. Shut up Morty. (laughs) (laughs) We're asking what's the first thing Google does once it wakes up?
0: I have so many answers to this question. (laughs) 99.9% of them I can't I can't say online. On on air.
1: Oh really? Oh wow, okay. (laughs) I would just say checking the phone, you know?
0: Checking the phone.
1: Any normal
0: survey says seventy three yeah that's a good answer right <laughs> check the phone the first thing you do it's, it is pathetic yeah, yeah. that we all do that it is so <laughs> pathetic who loves me today <laughs> who loves me who, who messaged me and how many likes did I get oh my life is so good we are such a screwed up society <laughs> what a freaking mess but that's a good answer that's probably what it does
1: <sighs> okay what's your answer
0: what can what am I allowed to say I don't know can I, I we'll have to, I'm gonna oh. say them all I'm gonna we leave we it
2: I'm gonna PG say them 13,
0: all. PG, I don't know what that means. PG thirteen doesn't like it, I I either know R or G. There's no one between. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say them all, and then Levy, our awesome yeah. editor, can edit them out at his discretion. You ready? Oh, no. <laughs> so one, let's add a giant <laughs> yeah. f- two scratches at s- if it's a guy takes a takes a oh, long f- in the morning. <laughs> Am I allowed to say any of these?
1: Morty, you're horrible. Let me do- <laughs> remove everything, please.
0: <laughs> uh, how about this? It, it, it gets up in the morning, looks in the mirror,
1: yeah, and,
0: and smiles devishly, devishly, devishly. I can't even say it. It gets up in the morning, <laughs> looks in the mirror, smiles yeah. at itself, and yeah. laughs at all the money it just made on, on, on clicks overnight.
1: That's a good answer. <laughs>
0: okay. I like my other answers that we had to erase from this podcast that were edited out, yeah, hopefully no, they were edited no. out better.
1: Please edit it out, please.
0: That'll do it for us this week on the Insert SEO Podcast. <laughs> Don't forget to tune in next week for an all new episode. Next Tuesday, an all new episode of the Insert SEO Podcast drops with Stephen Long. We have a great discussion with him. So check it out again next Tuesday. The Insert SEO Podcast. It's been in search because we're all in search. Of something. Thank you of something. so much for listening. You were way too late on that to here. Toodles.